Steve and Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the Land Academy Show. Sorry, the House Academy Show this mm-hmm. Wednesday. Entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about due diligence for off-grid houses or SFRs. This is this is this uh, this came up because of the one we went and looked at? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're gonna tell you all about that. We drove, gosh, an hour and a half each way to check out. A really cool property. Full-blown real ranch. She'll yeah. tell you all about it. Let me be, let me remind you. We drove an hour and a half <laughs> each way. <laughs> Am I going to do that, you know, every weekend? Maybe not. Right. You know, so. And then it was a good least half hour from civilization. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. So in the end, we didn't buy it. Uh, it was for personal use, but is it really ever for personal use? So if somebody offers you more, you always sell it. Right. It's a lot of work. We'll explain it. Yeah. But it was off grid. It was It was cool. an interesting due diligence process. Really cool. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. Please don't forget to subscribe on the Land Academy YouTube channel. Comment on the shows you like. Aaron wrote, hi, everyone. After receiving a signed purchase agreement, how often do you try to reduce the price? I got back two signed PAs today. I offered twelve thousand five hundred and would probably sell for twenty to twenty four thousand. And the other one I offered seven thousand and would probably sell for twelve to fifteen thousand, not including title and agent costs. If they sell at the low end, each deal is a little skinny. At the same time, I have cash sitting around and I like to keep it moving. A thirty to fifty percent return in a couple of months would be pretty awesome in any other context. You want to go first? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> I hate to be that guy. So I'm assuming you came in higher, obviously, than you intended to on these offers. Or there's some, maybe you didn't come in higher. Maybe now that you've looked at the properties, you realize, oh, because it's in this area or because the access is this situation or it doesn't have the attributes I thought it did. Something like that means that your sales price is lower than what you were originally expecting. So there's a couple ways to look at this. Um, there's a lot of ways to look at this. But first of all, I, I don't want you to go. If you have to adjust the sales price for something like that, I get it. But you don't want to be that guy and try to like do that on every deal. That's that's just going to, you know, it's going to make, you're going to be miserable with this, by the way. Always talking people, uh, you know, down. Um, it's harder to take away money than it is to add money. We always try to come in lower and then add to it um, when we find out some great things about the property. So um, you could go back to the seller and point out, um, because I thought it had X and it doesn't, Look, we have physical access. We don't have legal access. It's going to cost some money to obtain that. Um, or X solution, whatever it is. You could do that and try. I'm even wondering, these numbers to me are not bad anyway. What are, You're holding back. You're sitting on your hands. Please, please share. Negotiation, like marriage, is too prevalent. Yeah. There's too much negotiation going on That's in this planet. To on say. this planet. And it's, and it's all because it's been ingrained in our heads, especially with this personality type, you know, real estate personality type, you got to try to get it cheaper. Right. When in reality, 
if you send a bunch of mailers out and they're priced correctly and they come back and they're signed, you need to move the deal through. Two days ago, we just did a show called uh, Machine M- Machining Events. Right. So no, I I don't I hate negotiation. I've I've said this many many times. I I can't stand it. I, you know, Jill and I go to Mexico sometimes. There's all kinds of street vendors with some really nice stuff, artisan type, handmade stuff. You know, yeah, they want twelve dollars, and, and some people I've we sit there and watch. We'll try to get it for eight. I mean, they'll sit there for an hour trying to get it for eight. Yeah. I think these numbers are good. I'm, I'm just, These what, numbers are great. I know. I just looked at them again. Yeah. 12500 to sell for, so what? You sell for 20 Okay. Throw an escrow in there, whatever. You know, you're still going to yeah, make- like 80%. Six, eight grand. You know, six, let's just say. Yeah, come on. And you know what? On the low end. Okay. So you're going to make six to 10 grand on this. I think that's okay. You know what? The next time you send out your mailer, I bet you're going to come in hotter and lower yep. them and make sure that you don't do it like this. You can do it this way. Yeah. Or you can send out three times as much mail, price it lower. That's And it. then pick and choose. We're going to get more deals this way. I Negotiation think, is a disease. Yeah. That's what I think. I'm looking at these numbers and I think you did down. just fine. Me too. You know, and, and again, if there's some really big thing, point it out and bring it up, but only only rarely, not every time. I'm not picking on you at all. And I'm glad yeah. I chose this topic because everybody mm-hmm. needs to hear this. It's way too overused. I think it's a mental uh, it's a, it's a mental concept or mental issue about getting stuff cheaper. You know, I, when, I, when, lot, when we buy, Joe and I buy all of our furniture used, uh, this is a personal note. We buy it used and we pay full price. If we like it, we buy it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I don't, I, it, it could be priced half of what we actually, they actually really price it, where they price it. And most people, like 90% of the people I know, are gonna go in and still try to get it cheaper. I know. It really bugs me, if you can't tell. So I do, especially, you know, back in the day, earlier days of Land Academy, that was our thing, double our money. And I remember people saying, oh, I did it wrong, because they didn't double their money. Yeah. Like, and you didn't do it wrong. Oh, well, well, what do you mean? Do you like, like, oh, I screwed it all up. What happened? I only made 80%. Like, knock it off, everyone. Those are great numbers. And especially when you start getting into different product types, like things that we're doing. In today's house academy, if you're doing houses, you're not going to double your money. You're going to have a number that you need to make. I want to make at least 35000 or whatever your number is, you know, and that's great. So, and, and if you do it, especially inside of 30 days and you have six of them, Hello, what's here's, wrong with that? Here's the reason you would ne- really negotiate, all kidding aside, yeah. because you th- send a bunch of mail out, a bunch of it comes back, you review the properties, like we constantly talk about it, and you go in and find something surprising, like that doesn't have access. Love the property. I think I can sell it for more, but I really needs, it needs to be $5,000 less to make up for some actual physical flaw. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's some... Uh, probate type work that you have to do because it's in the mother's name or some other version of that, that actually is going to cost real money to remedy. Then you go back and say, look, it's going to cost me five to $10,000 to fix all this. And by the way, the next person that comes along to buy this property is going to have to go through the same thing. So how about you just sell it right now, take the 10,000, five to $10,000 off and we go about our merry way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There are people, uh, and I've experienced these people throughout my career that this is their job in life. They have made, they have signed, they have assigned renegotiating prices, sometimes at the very, very end of the deal, because it's fun for them. Do you know what's funny? There's there, one of the, on, there's no chapter 
<laughs> anywhere in any land academy program, <laughs> anything that we've done that says, you know, things like negotiating down to the price that you want or mm -hmm. something like that. We do have, because, and you'll, and, and if you're a member and you're on a Thursday call with us, we're going to tell you, you kind of went in too high. I'd rather it be this price. But we're not saying that because you need to, you know, beat this person up. It's like, shucks, you priced it a little high on this one. And sometimes it's the opposite. Someone say, I offered this, they countered at that. Does this make sense? And we're all, and we all go look at that number, go, you know what? I think that does make sense. I know you offered 13,000 and the seller said 20, you know, and that sounds like a lot to you, but you know what? Actually it is worth 40, 35 or 40. You know, I think we can, you can make that 20 work. And so we go both ways. And that's what I want you to, yeah. to think about here. Don't, don't think about, you know, rock bottom dirt, you know, having to, uh, the deal. Well, I think the, the cliche is squeeze right. the last penny out of them. Yeah. There's a lot of cliches about this out there. There's a lot of books about the art of the deal or the art of yeah. negotiation and all that. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Just price it right correctly. Make friends with the person. Be good. Do what you say you're going to do. Make good on your word and buy the property. Yeah. And in the long run, this is going to catch up with you. Mm -hmm. there, there are a lot, every once in a while, somebody comes to us and says, well, I just renegotiate every single deal we do. I, I, I send out letters at 50%. Yeah. And then the, that's my job. My job is to, to uh, renegotiate the deal to the point where everyone's in tears except yeah. you. And, and then you buy it and smile. You know, and that's, that's a personality flaw. Yeah. Today's topic, due diligence for off-grid SFRs. This is the meat of the show. We're not meaning to pick on you, by the way. No, yeah, Thank you for, you. that was a it's very a good question. question yeah. And it gave us a chance to help a lot of people with yeah, that. Because exactly. I'm sure they're not sure how to do this. Okay. So, so you want to talk, you tell about the story. You Jill tell about I, the property. I, uh, I, and my hobby is to troll the MLS for great deals, you know, and in addition to obviously what we do, and it doesn't happen very often, but last week or week and a half ago, I found a ranch that was not that far out of town uh, and was in a situation, in a location and in a situation where we, Jill and I could really make it work. It was our chance uh, to make, to buy a ranch together. Let me tell you about how this comes to me, by the way. <laughs> It's Sunday night at eight o'clock. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jill. I know I'm nuts about this. Stuff. Sunday night at eight o'clock. I get a I get a message. We got to go look at this tomorrow. <laughs> like, okay, get us it's in there. Totally and then true. it's like you got to get us in there. It's totally like, true. Okay, so here I am. This is why I woke up. I mentioned a couple of days ago. I woke this poor broker up at seven thirty in the morning on Monday because we're about to get in the car. I'm like, hey, uh, we're going to see this property whether you're there or not. <laughs> <laughs> we're either going to break in or someone's going to let us in. And he's like, hey, like I can make it happen. So go ahead. No. So it, it all worked out great. Jill did, Jill did great. She scheduled the whole thing and the property's priced, right? Honestly, we didn't, probably wouldn't have not even in a timely manner, not even negotiate the deal. No, yeah. We get there. Uh, the owner's there. He's staying in. There's, you know. Outbuildings. A, a, a tiny little outbuilding that he's staying in. And then there's a big house and all oh, this places for horses. And I mean, it was cool. Both of us were just looking at each other in tears saying, this is the greatest life there ever could be. Yeah. And, but it was off grid and which doesn't really matter, but it got me thinking because I was, I went through halfway, went through the site due diligence, the first viewing. Mm -hmm. So he's got solar panels all over the place. And this guy did a great job, professional installation, built the house himself, the whole thing, class, a solar and energy uh, operation, 
doesn't have air conditioning, which in Arizona is a huge problem. Uh, he said they leave, they leave, uh, left the, the state every, every summer. So we would have to deal with that. Uh, and, and so there's just due diligence for off-grid houses is way, way different than due diligence for a city house that's got, you know, tapped into city water and sewer. And it's got, you know, whatever public, uh, publicly traded power company. It's, it's just real easy. To, but when you do due diligence for off-grid SFRs, there's a whole different checklist and you really need to be get one, maybe two inspectors who know about this stuff. Most of them don't and look at it and say, this is going to be okay or it needs to be replaced. You know, it's funny. I think about the buyer and I think about me if I were the buyer. And my first thought that came to mind is, can Amazon get out here? And what if I need eggs? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And, you, and you, it's funny, but that's questions your buyer is going to have. So you need to kind of think about that. When I think about these rural and off-grid houses and properties, they're harder to price often. This one was. So when the price, we think it was a really great fair price and we know our stuff. It was, it's for most people, they, they don't know. There's not a lot of comps. There's no similar like kind comp within yeah. 50 miles. 100 miles? Well, we know the land value out there really well. I know, but and, most people don't. It's hard right. to do that. And if you're new to this business, it's going to be hard for you if you uncover uh, some SFR in your, you know, and it's way out there kind of thing. This is House Academy. So you're searching for homes, but you're not, and you're not necessarily narrowing the the radius. You're doing the zip code. So this one, some stuff might pop in. So it's harder to price and it's harder to gauge the days on market. So the best thing, and then I'm going to hand it back to you, if that's okay. The best for me is, you know, once you figure it out, this is all good, you buy it. You figure it out. It's the right price. You think it's great. You're going to flip it like you do in House Academy, which is awesome. You're the boots on the ground or you have the boots on the ground. The number one thing you need to do is write the best possible, have the most pictures and write the best possible description that you can for your buyers, because that's 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 was a little bit confusing to me. This agent, I think, did a good job. He could have had more pictures, more maps. He could have conveyed the situation a little bit better. I would have liked to see more in the posting about two things. There were two things that he missed. One was travel time. He didn't properly convey, just probably because he didn't want to. Probably like, oh, this is going to be a negative thing, you know? So don't do this. You can't say, oh, I don't want to really say it's 35 minutes because people won't go look at it if it's 35 minutes. You know, all you're going to do is piss off people. Yep. The wrong people are going to get excited. You need to, you need to, and you're going to be forever having people let down. So you need to properly convey the travel time, what it really is. From here to here is 35 minutes. From here to here is an hour and a half. That's what people need to know. Just do it. And the other thing he missed the mark on was the rental opportunities. We didn't know until we went out there and sat down and had a conversation with the current owner what was really possible. Yeah. And that was at the very end. We horse, walked around and fell in love with it. There's stables and all kinds of stuff there that you could rent. And he shared with us what they used to do and how they would rent out the big house, rent out a couple, you know, or even say have these out houses, out properties, right? This mm. one I can- It's I, on 20 acres. I, right. It's this limitless. one I used to rent for 20 or like $2,000 a month. And it came with two stalls for horses. 
you had to pay for your horses. We just provided the stalls. You had to clean them. You had to feed them. You had to do all this stuff. But it's a beautiful opportunity for some mm -hmm. people. That should have been in the post. Sure. So there's so that was my final thing. Just 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 go ahead. Joe and I, Joe and I grew up in a in an age where the word sales was synonymous with trickery. Mm. And that is long, long gone. Sales Correct. now is providing information to the right people because we can do this with the internet now or the right people will actually find you and providing the information and making sure stuff is priced right and being cool about it. That's what sales is now. I have to wonder if that's because you have me. I don't know. I don't know if the planet's doing that. I'm not sure. I'm sure they're not. Okay. So that's it. That's sales for us is making sure the buyer and the property are the right fit, not jamming it in there and getting it down. Because if you do that, you're going to get a refund on your hands yeah. pretty darn fast. And if it's not the right fit, and if you don't have the right property, send them on their way. They will love you and they will watch for properties and things because they trust you. So back to the topic and I'll close on this. Uh, well and septic properties that are off grid mm -hmm. are nothing to be afraid of this day and age. And solar, here's a whole trick to solar. Solar got a bad rap for quite some time because it was not, it was before its time. The technology's changed and it works great now. You just have to have enough panels and the right equipment and the right storage of the energy. Uh, to make it work, depending on how you're using it. It's all math. And so uh, living off grid now more than ever is easier and cheaper, way cheaper when you really look at it, the, the whole thing in, from the, in the long run. So, but if you're going to buy some property and specialize in this, make sure you have a, uh, an inspector or several that really understand these, these uh, systems and go in there and give you a really good report. We, we uh, passed on a deal recently because we got the inspection back and the inspector said, this guy's got a homemade homemade septic situation going on here to deal with waste. And that's just not something Jill and I wanted to get involved in. It was smoke right. and deal for a property. Beautiful. Again, these rural properties are right out of a postcard. So it's like, you, well, right. I personally, Jill, Jill sets me straight most of the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm like ready to buy it and live. You're, he's all excited. He's writing a check. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his checkbook in his back pocket, really ready to go. So we could, we could buy this property, reshoot it. Uh, photograph wise pre present it completely differently on the internet and make a lot of money on True. it we just chose not to do that exactly it's a lot of work yeah if you need access to any sort of ownership or property details including owner phone numbers and fema flood map overlays please check out parcelfact.com or neighborscoop.com created by investors that's us for investors like you Happy to join us today. Five days a week, you can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Tomorrow's Jack Thursday, and I'm going to talk to you about the concept of deal flow. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. You know, the other thing is that agent wasn't doing a bad job. The reason we went out there would have been for personal use, you know, to have a really cool ranch, and I get it, but it's just in the end... You know what it is? I just think we're not in the right time of our, if we were like, you know, one foot into retirement. I was thinking the opposite oh. for 35 and I had the oh. energy to, because the lights are that out too. in the middle of the night and go deal with it and deal with the animals and all that. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought we'd hire people for I mean, that. There's no way I'd live out there with, with horses and all that. Cause that's how I would want to do it without a hand. Yeah. Like, a hand or two. Exactly. Living there, do the maintenance on everything. It was cool though.
Thanks for tuning in. We would love to connect with you sometime on Clubhouse. Yes, we are there every first and third Thursday. Go check out the Land Investing Club on Clubhouse. Follow that, follow us, and we can chat with you there. We We are are Stephen Jill. Information. And inspiration. To buy undervalued property.